Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. Sam Hendricks. He is a veterinarian and researcher at Colorado Quality Research. Thanks so much for joining us, Sam. Yeah, thanks for having me. Your focus is coccidiosis. What is it about this disease that, that has gotten you hooked? Well, clearly it's, you know, it's obviously a disease that's been around for generations. You know, people that have been in the industry for a long time are still dealing with. And um, so clearly it's a disease that's not going to go away anytime soon. And a lot of the movement in the research world and a lot of the centers around how, how can some of these new products, especially in the antibiotic-free world, how do these products interact with coccidia? And of course, with coccidia being a, uh, an agent that has a, a kind of a, an effective role on other agents as well, uh, you know, obviously it's a big player in the necrotic enteritis uh, development as well. Um, the fact that affecting coccidia in the production setting that may affect other areas of production and performance is... is and, and that's really the puzzling thing about coccidiosis because first of all it's a worldwide disease. I mean where there are chickens there's coccidiosis. Everybody gets it. Uh, and, and it costs the worldwide poultry industry, you know, billions of dollars every year. Uh, Yet we have all these different tools. We've got vaccines, we've got ionophores, we have non-ionophore anti-coccidials. What are we doing wrong? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's obviously you know, uh, a role that we hope to fill at CQR in trying to figure out exactly how we put all those pieces together. Because you know? there's not a silver bullet, and there never has been, clearly. Um, you know, they've kind of gone full circle now uh, from vaccine development. Now, you know, word in the industry is that vaccine use is starting to decline and people are looking for other things. And of course, with the antibiotic free movement, um, that's our only choice is to find something that maybe, obviously, is not going to be a silver bullet in itself as well, but maybe interacts with organic acids, and some of these uh, phytogenic. So what's the primary focus of your coccidiosis research these days? I mean, there are types of traditional products that I, I just mentioned earlier, uh, but it, I guess there are some alternatives that you can look Sorry. at as well. Yeah, yeah. but for the last year, it seems like the coccidia work that we've been doing centers around the phytogenics, the um, organic acids. We've done a couple of organic mineral acid type studies, so looking at how those interplay, and of course, you know, with the change in um, enzyme use in the industry, how do all those things interact in the gut to affect you know, changes in the gut environment that might uh, either create an environment where the coccidia is more easily uh, propagated and passed, and the same thing with uh, how that interacts with necrotic enteritis, with salmonella, uh, with E. coli, campylobacter, some of those food safety uh, bugs as well. So. So a lot of our push has been really towards those natural products and how might those affect coccidia uh, challenge in the bird. And how, how are they in terms of consistency? Very inconsistent. You know, from one to the other, we find this fair amount of inconsistency still. You know, and of course, uh, we've, we've finally have determined and we've got some, uh, some challenge strains that we use that we've got a pretty good feel what kind of challenge we get every time, you know, with those passes. Um, and um, so we still see, even with that, having the ability to utilize uh, common strain, common passage, uh, oasis, we still have a high level of variability in effect. We've talked about the alternative products, we've talked about the established products. What else can 
producers do today to try to minimize the the, the threat from from coccidiosis. There, there's some other things we can be doing to further improve ventilation, litter management. Yeah, obviously that's a big that's a big part of it. Litter management. You know, we see it in our in our facilities in Colorado, and of course. Colorado has a very dry environment. Our, hum our relative humidities on a normal day are in the seven to ten percent range. Where I know, you know, where the broiler belt is, uh, they have a much higher higher incidence, you know, of, uh, of high moisture days, hot high moisture days. So it's easier for us to control that. And in fact, in our setting, we have to add moisture to the system to test that. So we know we can control coccidia very well in Colorado in the dry environment, um, and obviously that plays a big role. In, um, in litter management, maintaining uh, good litter quality in, in the house certainly plays a role in level of shedding and level of, uh, of uh, challenge on the birds. So, so definitely litter management um, <clears throat> is a big part of that. Now we know that um, if coccidiosis leaks through then we're going to have a problem with necrotic enteritis or at least you often will in, 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 in flocks. Well, are there some other secondary challenges that maybe should be getting more attention? Yeah, I mean, we've actually been doing a fair bit of work recently. As mentioned earlier, the food safety issues, the food safety organisms, Salmonella and Campylobacter, and what role necrotic might play in the level of shedding with Salmonella. And so, you know, coccidia is obviously a big player in both of those scenarios potentially. And so you know, looking at products that affect potentially one or all three of those things has been a big, uh, big push from our end. And certainly there's more pressure than ever on the poultry industry to minimize the amount of salmonella coming out of live production. Is that a focus of uh, future research to try to uh, minimize salmonella in the broiler flock? It has been, you know, we've been working on um, developing, um, some, doing some pilot work, developing a challenge model so that we know what's the appropriate time to challenge with salmonella before, during, or after a necrotic uh, you know, challenge. Where do you get that uh, biggest push for colonization of the salmonella bug, that kind of stuff, so that we have a model to develop you know, and test those products and how those affect salmonella and what time should we be utilizing those, those interventions. And, and are some uh, Imeria organisms going to invite more salmonella than others? Well, we've certainly found that um, in, in our pilot work, we utilize um, all three of the big, big players, Acervulina, Maxima, Antonella. Um, and um, definitely, I think still, as we see in the field, Maxima is the big player in affecting whether or not we get a high salmonella load or not. Well, I know the industry appreciates uh, all your efforts in this area, because as we said before with coccidiosis, they, the industry needs all the help it can get. Yeah, well thanks, I appreciate it. Okay, thanks for having me. We're talking to Dr. Sam Hendricks, he's with Colorado Quality Research. Again, Sam, nice to meet you and thanks for coming. Thank you, Joe, appreciate it. All right.